You're listening to the Trinity Ministries podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. Welcome to those of you in the room. Welcome to those listening on our podcast. And welcome to those of you watching on our Facebook Live uh, for this service here. Um, it's great to, like I said at the beginning, have, have everybody gathered together. And I really appreciate the faces in the room because I know it's a beautiful day out and you have a lot of other options that you could be at, but you chose the priority, and that's gathering together as a body of Christ and uh, worshiping the God who loves us. So, amen, amen. Amen. Um, which means if you're on Facebook Live or on the podcast, we still love you. But there's nothing like being together in a room. So um, anyway, uh, like I said, uh, it also uh, being in Houston, just a wonderful time with my parents. I love them so much. I haven't actually been in Houston at their house for uh, four or five years. I've seen them throughout that time. But um, so, so coming back to, to that place and a lot of memories, some good, some not so good in Houston. Uh, and uh, so it was a great time to celebrate and then come back. But I, I realized, like, you know, when you go on vacation, and for me, I, I, it was about two and a half weeks, and I literally didn't check email. I, I didn't get my texts. I didn't even look for long periods of time, which was actually really awesome until I got home. And then the stack of emails, if they were paper, you know, like this. So it took me, it's actually, I'm still digging out. It takes you weeks and weeks and weeks to dig out. But when I got back, I found out all kinds of things have been happening in our church and in people's lives. Uh, some great things, some struggles. Uh, you know, it, it's just crazy. I mean, we had, the Kaufmans had their baby, didn't even know about it. I didn't even know that, that uh, the baby was in the NICU for 12 days, I think. I think, I think they just came home just the other day. Um, so grateful for them. School graduations have been happening. Last night, you know, Hudson High School graduated. Andrew graduated back there. He had, and he, he, uh, <laughs> there you go. He, uh, he, he actually went to grad parties last night, got home super late, and he's here at church, man. You're the man. It's awesome. Um, uh, so, and, and then uh, also another thing, too, is I, I as part of my, my role here is to check in on our finances and kind of watch them, found out that we only have, or the next mortgage payment that we make, we're going to be under $2 million. We'll be in the 1.9 somewhere. And that sounds like a lot of money, but where we came from to now, when, when we hit that, we're going to actually celebrate that because that's a, a major milestone uh, for us as a church, for you and your church. That's why, again, the giving piece is so important. Um, as you continue to support our ministry. Also find, found out that our West Campus uh, parking lot that needs... If it, how many of you have driven on the West Campus? Did you find your car afterwards? I mean, like, the potholes are huge. Um, so we're, we're this summer going to be replacing that. And again, it's because of financial stewardship on our, t our leadership team side, but also on your generosity and giving. And so that's going to be done this summer, um, come to find out. Um, and then also just in the leadership realm and things happening at church, uh, on vacation, one of the things I did check uh, and I got a note was from Isaac Verdorn, 
uh, from the high school. Um, he plays guitar here. You've seen he and Sandy singing and, and playing. And this year, um, Hudson High School wasn't going to have a baccalaureate service for a couple of different reasons. And Isaac just said, that will not do. So Isaac Verdorn took a, our Isaac from Trinity took it upon himself to contact the principal, fill out the paperwork, make sure that a pastor was there. So he called me, he said, you know, because I'm a pastor, and he said, can you just be there? You don't even have to really do anything. I'm like, I could do that. I, it's the day I get back from vacation, but I'll, I'll show up. So that was last Sunday. So I took a picture. It's like, isn't that awesome? He just led the whole thing. And, and what, a, what a testament or a testimony of how we are pouring into, as what Laura said, pouring into the next generation of church leaders, of congregational leaders. Um, and so when you see him, just give him a, a big high five. Um, one last thing, and then we'll get into the message. So next week, next Sunday is what? Other than Sunday. Why did all the women just say fathers now? <laughs> Because <laughs> us guys can't think about this afternoon. We're like, oh, what? <laughs> so what's interesting about mo- the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day, when you ask Mother- Mom's Day, when you ask mothers, what do you want on Sunday for Mother's Day, so many, it, it's one of the highest attended church Sundays on Mother's Day because Mom says, I just, just want to go to church and I want my whole family there. Right? Raise your hand if you've ever said that or desired that. Yeah. So that's why all our, our church, you know, is full and it's just a great celebration. Father's Day is traditionally one of the lowest attended Sundays because you ask dads, what do you want? I want to go fishing. Back row. I want to go golfing. You know, I'm, that's where I... So, gentlemen, I want to challenge you. Um, I want to challenge you to be a man next Sunday. I want to challenge you because... Coming to church, bringing your family to church is one of the, the highest, and, and, and pouring into your spirit, in the spiritual life of your family is one of the highest, quote, job descriptions we have as dads, okay? Um, set a later tea time, you know, it's going to be nice all day, I know God told me, so go fishing later, um, but, but step up to the plate as guys in your, in your family, uh, and, and, and get here. It's so, so, so important. If you can't, I mean, I get it, but don't have the gift to yourself be denying worshiping and bringing your family to church. So um, enough about that. If it, yeah, enough about that. Okay. <laughs> so today we're going to begin, I'm excited about today, um, and I'm excited about this series. We're starting a series called Unwrapped, Discovering Your Spiritual Gift. It's kind of like Christmas in June. Um, because if you call yourself a Christ follower, if you are a believer in Jesus, you have a spirit, at least one spiritual gift. Now, spirit, and we'll talk about this, but spiritual gifts and talents are different. Everybody, and, and even the fruit of the Spirit, uh, they're all different. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but you have a spiritual gift and operated in the church, actually operated in your life, uh, is so, so important. And I think this series is going to be one of the most important that we do all year because together is the body of Christ, together is the family of Christ. We are the light that goes out into the world and serves the world. In fact, there are three words that you need in your life, whether you're a Christian or, Christian or not. Maybe you're just here um, because you're here with somebody or somebody promised you lunch afterwards and so you're, or you're just checking out churches or whatever. 
But as, even if you're not a Christian, every single human being needs, these, needs to be involved in these three things to feel alive, to feel active, to feel like uh, you're, you're contributing to greater society, if you will. And the words are, say them with me, ready, go. Connect, grow, serve. Where have you heard those three words before? They're actually part of our vision statement, right? Our vision statement as a church here at Trinity is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus by connecting, growing, and serving. Remember those hand actions? Connect, grow, serve. Okay, a little workout. Ready? Let's do it together. Ready? One, two, three. Connect, grow, serve. That's what we are about as a church. That's what people should be about as human beings. And they are so, so important. Um, so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking, today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and this thing, um, the, the word called, and actually this is Pentecost Sunday, we'll talk about that in just a bit. Uh, we're going to be talking over the next couple of weeks of what the Holy Spirit does, and then also, uh, and this is what I'm excited about, the last couple of weeks, we're going to be actually allowing you the opportunity to take the spirit, a spiritual gifts um, inventory survey, whatever you want to call it, to discover something about yourself. Many people go, I already knew this about myself. I have the, the gift or I know that I, I love to teach or I love to lead or I'm good at administration. Don't put me up front, but I, I can get, make things happen. And so you're going to be able to discover that if you haven't before. Uh, and so that's kind of be, going to be the next couple of weeks. So let's start at the beginning. It's not really the beginning, but it is for our purpose of our series with the Holy Spirit. Pentecost is, in the church year, celebrated this Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. Some churches call it Red Sunday because red is the color of the Holy Spirit who we celebrate as our lights are kind of red. I looked in my closet to see if I could find red. I have nothing red. No socks, no shirts, no under, nothing red. The only red thing I have is one of my biking shorts. The lining is red, and I wasn't going to wear that. So, but red is kind of the color of the day because it signifies the Holy Spirit. It signifies Pentecost, which is, refers to 50 days past, in the Jewish perspective, a, a celebration called the wave offering. And um, like Passover, everyone in, would gather in Jerusalem uh, during, during this time, the Feast of, of, uh, of Weeks, they call it, and they celebrate God for providing the past season of harvest, a little bit like our, our Thanksgiving, right? That's what we traditionally, Thanksgiving was to celebrate the end of the harvest. So Pentecost during that time was that kind of thing. And God leveraged that time where everybody was in Jerusalem. I mean, the, the, the city of Jerusalem back then wasn't that big until all of the surrounding uh, villages and all the people filtered in and it quadrupled in size. So it's this massive, massive day, and God chose to do something amazing on the Pentecost, uh, the, the, the Pentecost after Jesus uh, rose from the dead. He initiated, if you will, it's kind of a, the starting point that we see, the birthday of the church. He sent the Holy Spirit, Jesus did, as the beginning of what we would call the church, the gathering of people in Jesus' name. In fact, Jesus, before he died, 
Uh, he actually predicted it in John 7. He, he was at this one festival, and he stood up, and he shouted at the crowds. He says, anybody who, comes, who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow out of his heart. And then the scripture says, when, when Jesus said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. He said the Holy Spirit is called the advocate, the one who gives peace, the counselor, the comforter, all kinds of different names in the Bible for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was at the beginning as the, the, the wind that moved over the waters, if you remember the Genesis account, all the way through guiding and leading his people in the, in the pillar and the clouds and all that. That's all the Holy Spirit's work. And so there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, as we saw at the very beginning, through, if you were here for the Apostles' Creed uh, video. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. And here's how this works. The Holy Spirit's main job is to point people to Jesus, to create faith. When you become a believer, whether it's, it's at your baptism or later on, kind of the light bulb goes on, that's the Holy Spirit's work. Jesus' role is to forgive your sins so that you can be in a relationship with God the Father. God the Father sent Jesus to die on a cross for you, forgive your sins, rise again to secure a relationship back with the Father, and Jesus then sends the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit will bring you to Jesus. Jesus will forgive your sin to be in a relationship. See how those three work? Those are the primary roles of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, again, the Holy Spirit has so many other roles. Um, anytime you are reading Scripture or seeing something in church, and there's something that clicks, it doesn't have to be emotional, but there's something that's like, wow, I'm being, I, I feel closer to the Lord. My faith feels deeper for whatever reason. That's the Holy Spirit working in you. So let's dive into the story of Pentecost when Jesus gives the Holy Spirit to the church kind of officially. Um, and we're going to be in Acts 2. Oh, I have it wrong on the slide, actually. It should be Acts 2, um, starting at verse 1. This is when the Holy Spirit uh, shows up on this Pentecost day. So it says this, on the day of Pentecost, that's what we talked about, the, the festival that was happening, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they, were sit, where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared on set and settled on each of them. Now, as a kid, I loved this picture because I, I just think, thought of you know, people's hair on fire. You know, A little older, I was like, that must have been what happened to Michael Jackson when he was... If you, am I that old? Yeah? No, okay. Uh, and probably very inappropriate, so I'll, I'll cut that off the pot. But anyway, his hair was on fire. That's what my vision was. It wasn't fire. It looked like, the, the, the Greek is very clear, it looked like fire. So whatever that was above the heads, it was the signifying or the indication. Again, all throughout Scripture, fire was, was always the presence of the Holy Spirit that descended on the, um, all of them together. Each one, everyone, was, uh, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. These language, languages were understood languages at the time, which you'll see in a second. At the time, 
uh, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, again, for that festival. When they heard the loud noise, so this was, wasn't just something that they heard, every, that the disciples heard, everybody around heard this noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. So can you imagine, I mean, it's one thing if, if, if you hear it spoken by the other language, but can you imagine being a disciple and all of a sudden you're speaking Farsi or Spanish and you've never taken a class in your life? How bizarre and scary would that be? So some people, they were completely amazed. How could this be, they said. These people are, are all from Galilee, and yet we're hearing them speak in our own na- native language. Here we are, visitors from all these, na- na- language, or all these nations, and we hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. So they weren't, disciples weren't just going, hey, how are you doing? Welcome to town. Do you, do you have a hotel to stay? They were speaking about things that God was doing, crazy, awesome things God was doing. And they stood amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. That's all. Now, what if the story ended here? Like, what if that was it? Oh, they're just drunk. And and everybody went on. I mean, all all throughout history, speakers were saying amazing things and doing amazing things. But God orchestrated this time to be a Holy Spirit-filled time where even though people were disagreeing, the crowd didn't disperse. God's perfect timing then nudged Peter, who we, who's part of the disciples and, and kind of the leader, I guess, of the disciples. And so Peter steps forward and, and with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. By the way, real quick, what, there's a difference, not a difference, but the disciples are the larger group of believers. So we, we, we kind of see about 120 people. So this was a huge group of people doing all these languages. The apostles were the 12, what we call 12 disciples. They, at this time, they were considered the apostles because they were the key uh, 12 people that, were, that Jesus chose. Uh, the other, uh, so Peter steps forward with the, uh, the uh, <laughs> Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you. Fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is too early for that. He obviously doesn't go ice fishing in Wisconsin. Then then Peter does an amazing thing, and he quotes the Old Testament. He quotes Joel. There's so much uh, depth and and theology here, but we don't have time to go through it. But he quotes Joel. He says this. Joel said, oops, did I miss the Joel part? Uh, Too early for that. Now, oh yeah. Now what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Listen to what Joel says. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. And that's not prophecy like weird. That's just relating uh, biblical truths in a modern context. Uh, Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. When he, when he quoted this, I'll bet half the crowd goes, oh, Joel, 300 years before this, is talking about today. 
and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below. And, and then Peter, and then Peter, quoting Joel, uh, it goes dark, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. Right? The sun will become, this is all what's supposed to be happening, the sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. Again, if the story just sort of stopped here, people would be like, have one or two reactions. First of all, yep, confirmed it. They've, they're hitting the booze. Or they would be panicked because of the prophecies that they knew they're seeing happen right in front of them. Then he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter actually goes on for about 20 plus more verses in this, in this passage. He, he, he goes on and on and he, he preaches this amazing sermon and, and it basically is talking about Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy. He's the Messiah, the Christ. He was, you know, he was put to death and he was raised from the dead and now is in, is in heaven at the right hand of God. Peter goes on, he tells them how to be saved, how to receive that Holy Spirit. He continued and he pleaded with them and he warned him them. And when Peter was done, uh, the, the text says this amazing thing. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the, to the church that day. About three, about 3,000 in one day. That's a big new membership class. 3,000 people, the Holy Spirit wasn't the, we can't generate faith in ourselves. We don't make that step of faith. It's the Holy Spirit that creates faith. We just simply respond to the faith that we are given. And this Holy Spirit said, 3,000 is a good number today. Bing. And they all were added to the church. That's the Pentecost moment, the birth of our church. It's the starting line that all people throughout history um, gathered in groups was looking toward. And if you think back about the beginning point, it was really very simple. It was the women running to the, going to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus, seeing the stone rolled away and realizing Jesus rose from the dead. That was the key point in history. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the starting point, the ending point, the in-all, be-all thing for our faith is the resurrection. Everything past that is a gift that God gives to us. And at, together as a church, as we think about the Holy Spirit and continue talking about Him and what He does over the next couple of weeks, and then ultimately uh, finding out your spiritual gift, if you haven't uh, figured that out yet, um, God weaving us together as a body of Christ, because that's what we do here. That's what churches do, the movement of God. A church isn't a building, as we talk about. It's a movement of God so that people can know that the Holy Spirit is moving them and placing faith in them to love Jesus who died for them so that they can be in a relationship with God who sent Jesus and enables us and comforts us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a good message for me today. I hope that's a good message for you. And we'll be looking forward to the next couple of weeks as we dive into 
the Holy Spirit a little bit more. Amen? Let's stand to pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this time. Um, Again, we uh, are so overwhelmed at the fact that you are a Trinitarian God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three persons, three person heads, uh, just uh, uh, together, Father, creating, sustaining, loving, pouring out your grace. Holy Spirit, empower our lives. Give us the grace, Father, um, to not only just think about this message, but also to begin talking about, about you among our family, our friends, and also out into the world. Because the message of Jesus Christ is the hope that our world needs so desperately. Help us not to hoard that to ourselves. Help us to be thinking outwardly rather than inwardly. Father, thank you so much. Bless us over the next couple of weeks as we discover how we can put the gifts that you have given to us into play for your glory and for the kingdom. In Jesus' name, and all of us said together, amen.